prayer of Jesus? Do you think that God will answer the prayer of Jesus? Yes, he will. Yeah. And so, when he said that, when he prayed, and he prayed that prayer, that keep them from the evil one, then God will keep them, will keep us from the evil one. Because God answered uh, prayer. And when Jesus prayed, then God answered that prayer. And that prayer is still effective even today. You know, that uh, we as believers, God will keep us from the evil one. Hallelujah. Say this with me. God will keep me from the evil one. God will sustain me from the evil one. In Jesus' name. And so God will keep his children in the midst of danger. Amen. You know, he will keep us in the midst of danger. You know, when we talk about peace, peace is not peace when uh, simply because there is the absence of danger or there is absence of a challenge of war. You know, but peace is peace in the midst. The peace of God operates in the midst of danger. You know, that you, you are calm in the storm. I mean, Jesus experienced that, right? Uh, there was a storm outside. And the disciples were scared. Disciples were saying that, oh, but there is a storm. You know, that there are things happening. And what happened? Jesus was sleeping in the boat. You know, in the midst of the storm, he was sleeping. He was at peace. So he was experiencing that peace even though the waves, the sea was raging outside. And so what we need to understand as children of God is that we are to experience the peace of God in the midst of all kinds of challenges. You know, that even when there is a storm out there, you know, that God will give us his peace in the midst of the storm that is out there. Amen? And so, we see here that Jesus prayed that keep them from the evil one. Yeah. And so today, I want us to look at the children of Israel when they were still in Egypt. Yeah. That what happened is that when they were in Egypt, you know, they were in Egypt, but they were not of Egypt. They were in Egypt, but they were not of Egypt. Yeah. So, they were in the midst, in the middle of Egypt, in the midst of the people of Egypt. Actually, the Egyptians were more than the Israelites. Yeah. But even though they were in Egypt, they were not of Egypt. And that is a true and a good example that we should have as children of God. 
you know that though we are in the world we are not of the world you know though we are in the middle in the midst of uh, what is happening in the world but we are not of the world hallelujah and so they were in egypt yeah, but god kept them in egypt yeah. so we see here that they were different from the egyptians yeah, they were egyptians but they were i mean they were israelites who were in egypt but they were different from the egyptians yeah that they followed different god than the gods of egypt yeah, their faith was on the living God than on the dead gods of Egypt. They kept different customs than the custom or customs of Egypt. Their lifestyle was different from the lifestyle of the Egyptians. Yeah, so we see here that though they were in Egypt, but they were different from the Egyptians. Yeah, that's what we see in the word of God. Yeah, so this must be a lesson to us today. We follow different God than the gods of this world. You see, the gods of this world are failing them. You know, the gods of this world are failing people out there. But our God is not failing us. Hallelujah. You know, our God is alive. Their gods are there, are dead, but our God is not dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That is the God that we serve. Hey, I'm not used to having a handheld mic. So, uh, sound people, please. You know, make sure that next time I come here, <coughs> you have my mic ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Just think about this. <laughs> I, was, I, I went to a shop somewhere. And then, uh, so when I got into the, uh, the door, the guy there had a, a scanner. Yeah, and a thermometer, yeah, and a spray, one side, one, you know, this side. So it was a scanner here, and on this side he had a spray. And then when I came, he took a spray and put it there. <laughs> yeah, I said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> It's a new normal, eh? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> praise God. So, uh, so this must be a lesson to us that we, uh, though we are in the world, we are not of the world. Hallelujah. We follow a different God than the gods of this world. Our faith should be on the living God that on the dead gods of this world. We keep different customs 
than the custom of this world. Our lifestyle should be different from the lifestyle lived by people in the world. God instructed the Israel this way. So I want us to turn to Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. And let's look at what the Bible tells us. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. It says, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and the lintels of the houses in which they eat. Now, what happened? God told the Israelite that we are, that I'm bringing in, you know, another plague. And, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to, uh, to kill a lamb, take the blood, put it on the doorpost. Now, what we're reading about here is the plague that destroyed the firstborn of the, all the Egyptians. So he gives them instructions here. He says, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on two doorposts and the lintels of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boil in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. You see, when God was saying this, God knew that Jesus would go and be in hell. And in hell, he would be roasted. So he said that you're not to boil it or cook it anyhow, but let it be roasted in fire. You know, signifying that Jesus would go to hell and, uh, and be roasted for you and I. Let me tell you, if you're not born again, there is a roasting place that is happening. You know, and I don't want to be there. Do you want to be there? We don't want to go there, right? You know, and so God showed them here that the lamb must be roasted. Its head, its with legs, and its inner parts. You know, signifying that the whole, the totality of the person will be roasted as Jesus went to hell was roasted. You know, his leg did not remain out there. Everything, you know, was there. And we know that this is talking about the spirit. The totality of the spirit was roasted. And that's what happened. That the man, the rich man went to hell, Jesus tells us. And in hell, he could, he could, he could think, he could remember. You know, so death is not just the, the stop of existence. You know, death is a change, it's a comma. You are changing address, you know, from here on earth to somewhere else. You know, and somewhere else is just two places, heaven or hell. You know, for eternity, forever. Yeah. And uh, when we get there, you will still remember what you did here on earth. You, know, you will still know uh, what happened. You will still recognize people. 
Yeah, I mean, the rich man could recognize Lazarus. Now, at that time, uh, hell, hell and heaven were both, hell and paradise, rather, were both in the center of the earth. And there was a gulf that separated the two. Yeah. And so, one side of the gulf was hell, the other side was heaven, I mean, was paradise. Yeah. And so, uh, he, from hell, he could see and recognize Abraham. So, meaning that also in hell, people could still recognize. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he said, Abraham, you know, please send Lazarus. He was thinking that, oh, you know what? Just like I was in charge, I will still be in charge. But the tables had, had, had changed now, had turned now. Yeah. And Jesus said that, remember when you were here on earth, this is what was happening. You know, but things are different. Let me tell you, when we die, things will be different. Yeah. And so, and, and he could, he could, he said that just go and dip his finger, you know, so he had a finger. <laughs> yeah. You know, in water and put it in, in, on my tongue. So he had a tongue. Yeah. And then he said, why? Because I am burning. So he could feel the heat. Yeah. So when we die, it's not that we stop existing. You know, when we die, we just change address. And so it's very much important then, as children of God, that while we are here on earth, that we live for God. You know, God, when he told children of Israel that roasted in fire, he knew what he was talking about. You know, and he, of course, here yeah, he's talking about that Jesus would be roasted in fire. And so this is really a lesson to us that Eternity is real. You know, even people, if they, uh, they try to mock Jesus uh, today and say, Oh, Jesus, you know, this about Jesus, that, and so forth. Eternity, it's real. You know, and it would be great for us as children of God to serve God and to be committed to God to know that when we die, we are going to spend eternity with Jesus. You know, that would be great. Amen? Yeah. And so, God said to them, roast it in fire. And so, let's continue reading. Verse 10. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass. Now why is it called Passover? Yeah. Passover. So God explains it here. He says, because I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt both men and beasts, and all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. You know, I will pass through the land. But when God says that it's a Passover, he was saying that, you know, 
what's going to happen is that when I come to you, I'm going to pass over. So that is why we call it Passover. You know that it God, uh, the angel of death, does not come to you, but it passes over you. It skipped you. It skipped you. You know, if I can put it that way. And so the blood of the lamb on the lintels and doorposts was giving them protection. Amen? Amen. And the lamb was killed for the Israelite. So we see that uh, that blood of the lamb on the lintels was giving them protection. Uh, that uh, all Israelites ate the lamb. And because they ate the lamb, because they put the blood on the lintels, they were protected. Amen? Amen. Are you cold? Should we switch on the heaters? You're fine. All right. What's that? Switch them off. On. You're cold. <coughs> All right, let's let's switch them on. Uh, you know, just warm up a little bit. Praise God. So, see when you're preaching, you're checking, you're checking. You know, you're not just reading here. You're checking. It's everybody, and then you feel they might be cold. Maybe you know. <laughs> so uh, we do that. Hallelujah. You see, I love you. <laughs> so the lamp was killed for the Israelite. The lamp was to be eaten in full. The blood could not work if the lamp was not eaten. The blood could not flow if the, if the lamp was not slaughtered. Yeah. And so the lamb had to be slaughtered. And when it was slaughtered, blood had to be taken and put on the lentils. And the lamb had to be eaten in full. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Amen. Revelation 12 verse 10 you know, tells us this. Verse 10 and 11. He says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down. Who accuses them day and night before our God? And they have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Yeah. And so, when the Bible talks about uh, that there was this challenge that the children of Israel were experiencing, you know, and that the accuser of the brethren was coming against him, against them, the children of, of God, you know, but they overcame him. You know, how did they overcame? 
How did they overcome? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so we overcome by the blood of the lamb and we overcome by the word of our testimony. You know, so that Jesus died and his blood is giving us a breakthrough. You know, that we stand behind the blood. Are you with me? You know, that the blood has washed away our sins. Now, look at this. In verse 10, it says that the accuser of the brethren, of our brothers, have been thrown down. Now, what does he do? He accuses who accuses them day and night before God. Yeah, he's checking, he's looking for every mistake. Look at this. You know, look at that. Look at that. You know, but now, how do we overcome him? We overcome him by saying, oh, you know, uh, you're looking at my mistake. You're looking at what I did. But the blood washed away that sin. So your accusation can no longer stand because the blood of Jesus has washed away that sin. Amen. Amen. And so our authority, we are able to stand before God because the blood has sorted out the problem. You know, so we can say to God, God, your blood, Jesus, your blood has washed away my sin. Therefore, I can come boldly before the throne room of God because my sins are forgiven. Because I am a child of God. God has dealt with the sin problem by Jesus' blood. So we overcome by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. And so, that's what so, so, the blood of Jesus, it's our standing. It's, it's our standpoint. You know, if this is the blood, this mark, you know, and I'm standing here, and I'm saying that based on my stand, I am an overcome. Are you with me? You know, that I overcome, I have authority because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, I don't peel up or take out the blood and say to the devil, you know, I come against you. I come against you. No. The blood, the job of the blood is it gives us authority, our standing point. Do you understand? It's just like a policeman who would have a badge. Now, when he arrests you, what is does he take out a, 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 you know, his badge and say, I arrest you. Look, here is the badge. You know, please get in here. Here is the badge. Does he do that? No, he does not do that. You know, but the badge is there just stating to you that I am under authority and I have authority. So when you see the badge, you have to get. If you say get in, get into the that uh, uh, you know car, you get in, you know because you are seeing the badge uh, that is wearing, you know, around the head or right here. You are seeing that. So that is what the blood of Jesus is. 
Yeah. And so we are not to say, oh, when I sleep, I plead the blood. You know, I take the blood. Satan, I, take, I command you by the blood of Jesus. No, the blood of Jesus is our authority where we are standing on. So you can pray and say, based on the blood of Jesus, Satan, I command you to go. Do you understand that? Do you see the difference here? You know that my stand is on the blood. Now, do you know that uh, the, uh, the, the, when the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus, you know, in the New Testament, obviously, that it's in relation to our for, uh, forgiveness of sins. Yeah. It's in relation to the forgiveness. Every time the blood of Jesus is mentioned, you know, as uh, something that is helping us, it's in relation to the blood, to the sins, you know, to our sins. You know, that our sins. You see, why, why is it in relation to our sins? It's because our sins have been giving us problems. Our sins have stopped us access into the, uh, the authority, access into the power of God, access into the goodness of God. Our sins have made a blockage that we should not access that. So now the blood is solving that problem. So now that we can, because the blood has solved that problem, we can come before God Access the throne room of heaven in faith because the blood has washed away all our sins. Now God can hear us. We are one with God. We are his children. We can ask him and he will answer us because the blood has sorted out the problem. Amen? Yeah. And so, no sprinkling. I sprinkle with the blood. Hey, the prayers that we make. Very unscriptural. I sprinkle this door with the blood. Eh? Fafaza. Fafaza. You know. Fafaza kolo yaka kama dia jesu. Fafaza. You know. Hey. Hey. Lord have mercy. Yeah. And so, what do we need to understand? And then you see, such people are people that are living in fear. Anything. You know, come, Maria, just kafafaz. Anything. You know, when they are sleeping, they hear, kutu kutu, come, Maria, just kafafaz. You know, you know, rufu eka ofela. Yeah. And people that are living in fear. And so, but now, when you understand what the, what the blood has done, you don't have to fear. So you can stand up and say, you know, you can pray this, that my sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has given me access into the authority. Therefore, I take that authority. I use it against every power of darkness. You, Satan, go in Jesus' name. Then you will go. Do you understand this, church? Yeah. And so, that's what we see here. Oh, I've, I've gone so much. Uh, 
away from my notes, so I have to really come back. Second service, Pastor Luisa will be preaching, so you'll get more things from, from her if you have space, you know, as you know that space is limited. Now, uh, where were we? Eh? Fafata Maria Jesu. Before Fafata Maria Jesu, where were we? <laughs> yeah, so we have conquered by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen. So the blood of Jesus cannot work unless the Lamb, that is Jesus, is eaten in full. If the lamb is not eaten, if Jesus is not embraced in our lives, the blood cannot work. Just like they had to eat the lamb, you know, for the blood to work on the doorposts. You know, so even with us today, we have to embrace the totality of Jesus. Jesus must be Lord over your life. So that his blood can work for you. You know, some people tried to apply the blood you know, without, a, without eating Jesus. The Bible tells us in Acts 19. It's in the Bible. Acts 19 from verse 13. Yeah, the sons of Sceva. You remember the sons of Sceva? Yeah, they tried it. Yeah. And what happened? Verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. Now that word exorcist. Exorcist is casting out of demons. So these people were doing deliverance. See deliverance is not something that is studied. It was there. Yeah. A long time ago. And so the Bible says they were itinerant. So meaning, itinerant meaning they were moving from one place to, uh, to the other. You know, casting demons. Now, they undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So, we are not told of their success rate. Yeah, because they used to move from one place to the other. We are not told how successful they, they were. But in this instance, they tried using the name of Jesus, whom they did not have a relationship with. And they were not successful. Now, verse 14. Sons of uh, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Eh? Demons replied. So, evil spirit knew Jesus and recognized Paul who had Jesus. Evil spirit could not recognize the authority of the name of Jesus with the sons of Sceva. Sons of Sceva did not have a relationship with Jesus. So they did not have the right to use the name of Jesus. 
And verse 16 says, And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of, of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. So we see here that the name of Jesus could not work because they did not have a relationship with Jesus. Are you with me? So going back to our story in Egypt, the children of Israel had to stay behind the blood of, of the lamb in order to be safe. The angel of death could not touch them because they were behind the blood. They were, they were hidden behind the blood. So in the New Testament, the children of God should stay behind the blood of the lamb. And that lamb is Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Now, demons ravaged sons of Sceva because they were not behind the blood of Jesus. You can't use the authority of the name of Jesus while you're not behind the blood of Jesus. That why the blood of Jesus is not backing you up. Yeah, so, you must have the blood backing you up. The devil know, knows that while you are behind the blood of Jesus, he cannot do you any harm. He knows this. That he can't affect, he can't really work against you if you are staying behind the blood. If your relationship with God is right. If you are, you are, you are, you know, your life is right with God. He knows that he can't touch you. He will try by all means to get you out of and away from the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that we should not give him any authority. You know, Ephesians 4, verse 27. He says, and give no opportunity to the devil. We should not give him any opportunity. You know, don't, don't give the devil any opportunity. Amen? Amen. Yeah, be, because faith won't work if you are in unforgiveness, for instance. Faith won't work. Yeah. Because unforgiveness gives the devil an opportunity to work against your life. So that is why what he will do, he will, when you're standing in faith and, and he knows that you're using your authority against him, he will throw in something that would offend you, that would want to offend you, that you harbor a grudge with somebody because he knows that when you have harbored that grudge that you can't be in faith at the same time. That is the tactics of the devil. So that is why he will bring people to come and offend you and to come and do some so that you can lose your cool. Yeah. And when you have lost your cool, you know, you are no longer now, you are no longer hot in faith because you have lost your cool. You were supposed to laugh at me. 
And so the Bible says, give him no opportunity. Yeah. So he would want to be, he would want you to be offended. These are some of this, uh, 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 you know, the tricks of the devil. He would want you to be offended. He would want you to be discouraged. He would want you to be jealous. He would want you to be hateful. He would want you to be angry. Then the Bible says that never give him the opportunity. Walk in love. Walk in the peace of God. Walk in faith. You see, revenge, discouragement, jealousy, hatred, offense, and such are all of the system of this world. They are the works of the flesh. And that's how this world operates. But we are not of the system of this world. We are of the kingdom of heaven. So in the kingdom of heaven, we walk in the spirit. We do not fulfill the works of the flesh. Amen? Say this, I walk in the spirit. And I do not fulfill the works of the flesh. Now, Galatians 5, verse 15, verse 16 tells us that. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, so uh, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under the flesh. You are not in the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. The Bible tells us, what are the works of the flesh? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dimensions, I mean dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the likes, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Those who do such things can never inherit the kingdom of God. You know, I woke up this morning, uh, you know, and when I woke up and, and I began to, God just began to, to drop some things in my spirit, and already I started uh, to write a message for next week. You know, so you, I'm excited about next week already, you know, and uh, it's going to be great. You know, but one thing that really caught me, uh, that I, I got in my spirit is that, you know, if ever there is one thing that coronavirus has done is to magnify what people are real. That people that are in faith, you know, and uh, this situation has now magnified that now you are in, in, in you know, in faith. And people that are real Christian, you know, now it, it, it is it's just manifesting. Yeah. And uh, what came to me is that, you know, the lines have been bled 
Everybody was a Christian. Everybody called on the name of the Lord. Everybody knew how to say amen. Everybody knew how to say I receive. Everybody knew that. Yeah. So the lines were bled, but now there is separation. That are you really for God or are you for other things? Yeah. I was so excited. You know, about what God was just depositing in my spirit uh, this morning as I was praying, you know, uh, that, you know, uh, God help us that we should stay true. You know, and the Bible says that all people who practice such things can never inherit the kingdom of God. You know, why? Because people would practice this and come to church and as if all is well. Yeah. They are drunk on Saturday night, Sunday morning they are in church. They think, oh, I went to church. God is okay be with me. Do you understand? You know that Christianity has been, people no longer see difference between Christianity and non-Christianity. Yeah. But now, God tells us that people who practice such things, you know, if I walk in unforgiveness, if I walk in idolatry, if I walk in strife, what is strife? Strife is causing divisions among the brethren. If I walk in strife, then I cannot. This is not me. This is the Bible. It says that I can, people who practice such things can never, cannot experience, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. When I cause people and I make people to fight and I make people to say, oh, he said this, you know, did you hear? You know, and, and I watch, I look and on Facebook, what did they write? You know, then I comment and something to oppose that one, you know, and then I, you know, causing just strife, you know, fighting the un. The, the underground, it's not necessary. The Bible says that those who practice such things can never inherit the kingdom of God. And so, we have to walk in love. You know, walk in love. And uh, you, 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 know, uh, you walk in love, you do what is right, you know, keep your heart right. Amen. I've just picked up on one. There are many other things, you know, that the Bible uh, talks about here. Orgies, yeah, and, and such things that we should not be practicing as children of God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And so, but why? Because we are not of this world. Yeah. And so, so such things, you know, such scriptures in Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16... You never hear them preach a lot. You know why? Because the lines have been bled. Yeah. And so, but now we need to know that, you know, we need to do what the Bible tells us. Because we are not of this world. People who do such things are not of God. One, two, one, two. Is it still working? <laughs> Yes, there is my amen. I will take you wherever I go. (laughs) 
wherever I go, Sis Linda will uh, come with me because he, she, she will say that, Amen. Even when she comments on Facebook, she writes it, Amen. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, but the food, verse 22, but the food of the Spirit is love. Eh? These are the people of God. The walk in love is joy. Keep your joy. Let no one steal your joy. It's peace. Keep your peace. It's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They are not involved in all such things. Those who belong to Christ are not involved in such things. They have crucified the flesh. They are walking in the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Yeah. But let us be grateful that we serve God. Amen. We are not of this world, but we belong to God. And that we must really show that we are Christians. Hallelujah. And so, even as you are looking forward to this week, make sure that you walk in the Spirit. Make sure that you don't let uh, things distract you uh, from, get you out of the spirit. But you make sure that, you know what, I will walk in the spirit. I will walk in love. I will walk in the peace of God because I'm not of this world. You know, I will respond in love, you know, all the time. Even when I am to tell the truth, you know, or I am to correct it. A correct situation, I will walk in love because I am not of this world, but I belong to Jesus Christ. Did you receive something from the Lord? Hallelujah.